What's up? It's Abrielle. Welcome back to Running on Sex. Today, we are continuing our series of sexuality. This is part two, and today I'm going to be here with Madison. Um, we're going to sort of talk about the internal struggles of sexuality and like misrepresentations in social media and in the news or just in general and how we kind of coped with our own sexualities. Hi, everyone, and hi, Abrielle. I'm so excited to be talking to you today. So in terms of introducing myself, I'm Madison. I go to Simmons with Abrielle. We met in our first ever college class, which is so cute. I love Abrielle so much, and I'm so excited to be on her podcast today. I study political science at Simmons, and in terms of my sexuality, I identify as bisexual, which is a pretty new thing for me. That's right. So I noticed that you recently like were able to tell everybody that you were bisexual. I was so happy. I was so proud of you when I saw that post or on your story or something. I was like, this is awesome. Amazing. I always love meeting or not even meeting, just having more people in the community to be able to talk to and everything. It's so great. And I know we were kind of talking about this in my other podcast before this, kind of the romantic versus sexual feelings of sexuality. And I kind of wanted to go a little more in depth about what that means to you and to me, I guess, as well. So I was trying to explain that. Do you think there's a difference between being romantically and emotionally attracted to someone versus like this person is so sexy, but I don't know if I'd ever be like romantically attracted to them? Does that make sense? I think there is a big difference. And I honestly think that for me, that personal difference is what hindered me from coming out a lot sooner because I was sort of unable to distinguish in my own brain how I felt about different genders and what sort of attraction I had to different types of people. And that's kind of what what didn't allow me to come out to myself for a really long time. I really only came out to myself in 2021, like early of this year. So it's it's been a long time coming, but also this is pretty new for me. So in terms of romantic feelings, when I feel romantically towards someone, I <laughs> I see a future with them. Like I can picture myself being with them for a long time and traveling with them or getting married or having kids. I'm definitely very, um, very much a romantic person and I can't wait to be a wife and a mom someday. So that's sort of my cheesy little thing on that. But also like the differentiation between that and sexual feelings. Like when I'm sexually attracted to someone, I see a future with them <laughs> in bed. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think about the romantic aspects of it when I'm sexually attracted to someone and just to sort of talk about my own sexuality, I find that I am much more sexually attracted to women than romantically attracted to women. So I have never dated a woman, but I, I would totally be open to it. Again, I am attracted to women, but I tend to be more romantically attracted to men and men aligned, male aligned, non-binary people, not to binary, non-binary, but uh, we'll talk more about that in a little bit, I guess. But yeah, I tend to definitely be more romantically attracted to men and more, not more sexually attracted to women. I'm very sexually attracted to men too, but my attraction to women has not yet been romantic in my life, I guess. I like to keep things open. So that kind of reminds me of how last podcast we were kind of saying that maybe you could say that you were for sure bisexual. 
because of you don't mind men or women. Maybe you feel a little bit more hetero romantic, sort of. That's definitely it. And I think that that's definitely part, like I said, of what kept me from coming out to myself and coming out to my loved ones because of there's so much internalized biphobia just in society. Like it's so hard for bisexual people to come to terms with who they are just because there tends to be a lot of stereotypes and like rules that people say about what it means to be bisexual but really like you get to kind of define it for yourself as long as you are attracted in some way to more than one gender then I think that that's a word that you can use for yourself and that's sort of what I've what I've been going with for the past couple months that I've been out. So was that something that you really had to internalize and grapple with before you came out to yourself or came out to anyone? As you were saying, we know that there is a lot, there's a lot of biphobia and a lot of bi stereotypes. I've seen it myself as, as we are members of the LGBTQ community. I have seen other people like kind of bash the bi community because they can't pick or, you know, like those very traditional like bisexual stereotypes. Do you feel like that played a really big role in how you chose to come out to yourself first at least? It did. And it literally took years. I'm not kidding. It took years to like really understand who I am. I think I first started questioning my sexuality my first year of high school, which was so long ago now. But that was right around when um, my best friend is also bisexual, my best friend from home. And she came out to me right before we started high school. And immediately when she came out, I saw something about that in me. But I, I it just, I, it wasn't my time yet, I don't think. And I think that's, that's all that there is to it. It's that everyone comes to it on their different timeline. Immediately when my friend Ellie came out to me, I knew somewhere so deep inside me, I knew that that was true about me too. But for example, Ellie, this just goes to show how different bisexual people are. She is much more attracted to women sexually and romantically than she is to men. She, um, if you drew a pie chart of her bisexuality, it would look a lot different than mine. And I think because she's been my best friend since we were in diapers and I know that about her, even before she came out to me, I knew that that wasn't me. So right off the bat, the first and only for a while bisexual person that I had in my life, we might have shared the same label deep down, even though she was more forthcoming with it than I was. But our sexualities are completely different. And I think that that representation, although, like I said, something deep down in me knew, but we are so different sexually and sexuality wise that I didn't see myself in her the same way I might see myself in another bisexual person who, like I said, might be more aligned with my personal interests. But that just goes to show how different bisexual people can be. In terms of going through high school, I had a partner all the way through high school, my same partner as right now, who now has come out as non-binary since, again, since the start of 2021. But when I was dating them in high school, they were not out as non-binary then. I won't misgender them or use the wrong pronouns retrospectively, but we saw ourselves as a cis-straight relationship with me identifying as a cis woman at the time and them identifying as a cis man at the time. And that relationship is super healthy. I'm still in it today. But because of that, I didn't really get the chance to explore my sexuality in high school in terms of being attracted to women because I was super happy with the person I was with and that identity didn't really fit with me at the time. So you were in this relationship with your partner like all throughout high school, right? I'm just wondering, while you guys were together, was this something that you ever disclosed to them at the time during the relationship? A little bit. And I know that's a strange answer. (laughs) You would think it would be like a hot or cold black or white answer. A little bit. I talked about it like There were points in high school where I was more okay with this truth that, again, I I knew so deep down inside of me. It was not something that I thought about very often. 
until my senior year of high school. And then I really started to come to terms with it. And that was sort of like my panic, <laughs> like my gay panic moment. I was so stressed out about the fact that I liked women. And I was so stressed out about it that I refused to admit it to myself. And that was really hard for me because obviously I'm not a homophobic person. I love, I love everyone in the LGBT community. I just wasn't able to extend that same courtesy and acceptance to myself for a really, really long time, which I think is common. And the reason I was so stressed out about the fact that I like girls was because, again, because of internalized biphobia, I was trying to make myself pick whether I liked men or women. And at the time I was with someone who identified as a man who I loved and wanted to be with more than anything. So I feel like it's also worth noting that I have OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, which is for me, a disorder of rumination. So for me, if I get too fixated on one thing, it can become a really bad juncture in my mental health. So even though like sexuality is not a stigma or a bad thing in my mind, my OCD brain was able to make it into something really, really scary. Um, that's a short version of an incredibly long story that has taken me a lot of therapy to be able to tell today. But I, my black and white OCD brain said, okay, pick who you like. And this attraction for women was growing inside of me, but I was with someone who again identified as a man at the time. This is also worth noting that it was the spring before I moved to college. So I was already stressed out about the trajectory of my relationship, kind of. I was worried that the same stereotypical thing would happen to me and James, that we would break up when I went to college, et cetera. Um, my partner's a little bit older than me, three years. So they were all the way through college pretty much by the time that I graduated high school. Um, so we were sort of at different points in our life. And I was really afraid that me moving to college in, in Boston would ruin something between us or something like that. So it took me a long time <laughs> to accept the fact that I was bi within myself. And even then I would question myself. Like even after that spring when I was so worried about it, it took me a lot of therapy to be able to come out to myself even in like the deepest part of me but I still didn't fully come out to myself until this January so almost two years later so it just goes to show how long of a process it can be for some people myself included and I 100% get that because I remember that I would think that I needed to pick one or the other and then as I mentioned in the previous podcast I like said to my friends like when it came out put on Lady Gaga's born this way and screamed like I'm gay that was me picking one I quote unquote, picking one. I was like, all right, I like girls. So I guess I, I don't think I'm bisexual. I don't want to be quote unquote in the middle here because I knew about those like stereotypes and internalized biphobia that I had. So I kind of, I guess I sort of pushed myself and it was only me. I was the one who pushed myself to pick one or the other. And that's what I did. I ran with I'm gay. And honestly, for the rest of high school because I came out came out my sophomore year of high school and I was one of the only people who was out in my grade. So it felt like I kind of put this spotlight on me sort of, not in a good or bad way, just a very neutral way, but when I came out, and by the way, when I came out in high school, I just said that I was part of the LGBT community. I didn't say I said I'm gay to my friends, but I didn't say that to my whole grade. But everyone in my grade ran with that as she's a lesbian. So and that word carries I, a lot of weight for a lot of people. Yes, especially for being a sophomore in high school. I wasn't 100% sure if I let's be real. No one's a fully 
full person when they're a sophomore in high school. Sophomores yeah. in high schools are better described as like grandma. Yeah. No one's a full person. No one in 10th grade. No one's a full person. No one knows 100% who they are in 10th grade. I mean, so there was already this everybody already looked at me as the lesbian. So I was I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't like a negative thing, but I I really understand what you're saying about you know, questioning if you're questioning if you're questioning, because that's a whole other thing in itself. Questioning. I was questioning if I was questioning if I was questioning for like two years. And when you say that you forced yourself to pick one by your story about Born This Way by Lady Gaga, I love that story, by the way. I think it's so sweet. I picked that I would be straight and suppressed the part of me that was attracted to women for a long time because I was in a relationship that looked heterosexual to the world that I was happy with. And again, because I do find myself more romantically attracted to men than to women, I was like, this must just be, I hate to use the word phase because that's such like a stereotype of the bisexual community. But I really did think I was just going through like a, I think girls are pretty phase. And I was like, if this relationship, which looks straight to the outside world is part of my life for now, then I guess I'm just straight. I came to Simmons. I thought I was straight. I totally, totally get that. Like, and especially when you're in that straight passing looking relationship to other people I feel like that could add like you're saying added another layer of stress and panic and even more of an identity crisis really but it sounds like you and your partner have grown ton over the past few years right we really have it's kind of crazy to think about we've been together for almost five years this summer it's kind of crazy I feel like an old lady being someone for five years That's really I admire your relationship so much it looks so cute and healthy thank in, you in high school um you were still struggling with coming out to yourself first so when it came time to eventually talking more about it with your partner how did that go so I don't know. One day I just felt really empowered to tell my partner. Again, I think especially over quarantine, I've been really given the gift of a lot of free time, as a lot of us have, to really sit with myself and and think about things. And I guess it's hard for me to articulate like when I came out to myself. I really do think it was like the very end of 2020, the very beginning of 2021. And my partner and I are incredibly close. So it just felt right to tell my partner like as soon as I knew myself, not because I felt like I owed it to them or anything, but because we very much share a brain and a heart, you know, like I didn't come out to myself until I was comfortable. Like as soon as I said the words to myself in the mirror, like I am bisexual, it was the biggest weight off my shoulders. And I felt so like euphorically happy that I just wanted to tell someone. So when I saw my partner that night, I was just like, hey, I like ladies, you know, <laughs> And in addition to to you and to all sorts of people, you know, and they were like, that's so cool. I'm so proud of you. And one thing that I really appreciated is that James, my partner, did not like pretend to know like even if they had that suspicion about me they did not say like I knew it or something like that and none of the people that I came out to did and that was really important to me that like no one pretended that they knew before I did I think that was really important to me and important to my process but I don't really have a dramatic story of telling my partner again because we are just we're practically one person you know and it's as soon as I felt comfortable and happy about it it just felt right to tell them and I immediately did That's awesome. I'm so happy for you. And I'm so happy that they took it well and everything because I've I've heard of stories about how partners can get very upset, like, oh, you're going to cheat on me or like you're you want to go explore, you know, that whole thing. I'm really happy that that worked out for you guys. And it sounds like they are so supportive of you. And I wonder if 
so you were saying that you just had that realization. You came out to yourself in the mirror. I did that too. And after you did that, you were like, I got to call them up and I got to tell them because this is a huge part of some, this is a huge part of my life that I want to share with them. And it just feels right. So because you did that, did you ever really discuss it with them before? Like it was something, it sounds like it was something that you really did by yourself. It very much was and just a cute thing, like sort of off topic. But the second I told James like a couple months ago, the first thing they said was that means I'm twice as lucky to have you. And I just thought it was really sweet. Again, this is something I really very much did by myself because of internalized biphobia. I was afraid that if I liked women, that meant that I couldn't be with James anymore. Because at the time, I thought of James as a man, a cis man. So because of this sort of binary of sexuality, you're gay or you're straight and bisexual people are sort of weird in the middle. Even though I had healthy representations of bisexual people in my life, I had another friend come out during high school. I had multiple friends come out as bisexual during high school. So I have kind of a cool like bisexual girl gang um, of my, my girls from high school who I'm so grateful for. But I just could not, I understood it in them. I could not understand it in myself. I think it's also in a large part because of those girls, a lot of them were either dating women at the time or were single. I was the only person I knew who identified as bisexual while dating a person who they construed as a man or not dating women, I think would be an easier way to say that. So I just couldn't see it in myself. I feel like in a lot of aspects of life, we're more gracious and extend more kindness and understanding to other folks than we do to ourselves. And that was definitely a huge part of this for me. So yeah, I, I didn't talk to my partner very much about it my spring of senior year and in high school and everything, because I was afraid that by accepting that part of myself, I would lose them. Even though that looking back, that was such an irrational and anxious and <laughs> mentally ill thing of me to think. But I have definitely come a long way and I'm proud of myself for that. I've definitely over the course of college learned to be my own person without my partner. And that's not to say that my partner isn't like the most important person in my life because they definitely are. But I definitely learned to come into my own, especially at Simmons and over the past year in quarantine, I think too. And I realized that like there's nothing about me that will make them not love me, at least not right now. I mean, everything about me is what they love. And again, people who identify with a sexuality, it's just the way they are. So I felt that I owed it to my partner to be exactly who I am because that's who they love, you know? That is so sweet. And your relationship is, uh, I'm just getting so many healthy vibes here. I just love it so much. So once you told them, you guys kind of had to navigate that in your own relationship. So in terms of, as we discussed before, we have the sexuality, the sexual attraction, and then we have the romantic and emotional attraction. How did you go about talking about that with them? And then also, do you have plans for exploring more, either one of you guys? So I think that one thing that's cool about when I came out is I think it really gave my partner pause and time to contemplate their own relationship to sexuality and gender. And just a few weeks after I came out to to James as bisexual, James came out to me as gender non-binary, which is so cool. And I I like to think that maybe in part it was me coming out as someone who loves multiple genders that made James feel like it was safe to start their process of, of exploring gender. Again, when I came out to James, I did not say I love women, men, and non-binary people. I don't know that many non-binary people besides my friends at Simmons who are non-binary. And it's not that I didn't consider non-binary people part of my sexuality. Again, my experience with bisexuality is very much I love people. A lot of people might use pansexual for what I am, I guess, but I like the word bisexual better. And it's not that I don't see gender. It's that 
when I came out to James, I said, I am happy with you right now. I'm happy with you for as long as you'll have me, but this is a part of me that I want to honor. And again, they said, I'm twice as lucky to have you. So happy for you. Whenever you want to talk about boobs, <laughs> it, it was just really sweet. But then a couple of weeks later, James came out to me as, as gender non-binary and started using they, them pronouns. And again, I think that honestly, my partner coming out as gender non-binary was a bigger shift in my life than me coming out as bisexual. And I don't mean that in a bad way at all. It just means that when you've been with someone for five years and you think of them as a certain identity, whether you think of them as a soccer player or a ballerina or an A-plus student or a cis man, despite how socially minded and passionate about social justice and the LGBT community that we are, those identity markers can feel really immovable. And for a hot second, it was really hard for me to reckon what that would mean for our relationship. I guess I just hadn't considered gender being non-binary or being outside of the gender binary as really being a part of my sexuality because I am 100% a cis woman. I had never questioned my gender before and I didn't understand what it meant to question your gender because it, it was just not a personal. Well, I guess I understood what it meant because I knew people who who had but it wasn't a part of my life or my brain space at all. And it really wasn't something I saw coming in my partner. Um, again, with the, I didn't pretend to know, you know, just like they didn't pretend to know that, that I had always been bisexual. But in terms of our relationship a few months after, pronouns are so important to the people who, who use different pronouns than the one they were assigned at birth. And it's so essential to work your hardest to get them right. I mess up all the time and we're talking about my soulmate. I apologize and move on. A lot of times I mess up to people who are not James when James is not around. But even when they're not around, I always correct myself because um, it's just so important to be affirming. Um, but I have seen such a happiness exude from my partner ever since they, they've chosen to take this step in their gender identity, which is just super cool for me to see. But also, regardless of how it feels within our relationship, which is, again, super happy and affirming, we've made two monumental shifts in our identities in the past two months that really changed the way that we label our relationship. Not that we're like sitting around like, how do we label our relationship? Because that would be kind of weird and informal for the kind of partners that we are. But I am fully cognizant of the fact that to the outside world, if we're walking down the street holding hands, we look like a straight girl and a straight guy. And that's not what we are. You know, I'm a bisexual woman and, and James is a non-binary person. We've kind of realized that there aren't great sexuality labels and like names like gay, straight, bisexual, pansexual, whatever the word you use is. There aren't great words for that when it comes to the non-binary community because James doesn't identify as a man or a woman. The word that they use besides non-binary is agender. So they don't really feel connected to the idea of gender at all, which again is kind of a foreign idea for me because I very much do connect to the idea that I am, I'm a woman, I'm a lady, you know, I, it's very comfortable in my gender. So again, it's not something that I've ever really thought of, but it was, I had taken for granted that it was easy for me to come to the label bisexual because I was a cis identifying person who liked more than one gender. So that was the automatic word that I would use. James grew up using the word straight before they had come out as non-binary, but we've realized that there aren't really great words for that. So we're not going to stress about labels, you know, um, which kind of, I don't want to say it bothers me, but I am very much the type A person in the relationship and James is very much go with the flow. So I think part of the reason why I 
struggled so much with my sexuality is because I wanted to put a label on it and put it in a box and tie it up with a bow. Avril, I really admire the fact that you like don't stress about labels because I do. I totally do. And it's not something I'm super proud of because I don't believe that something in my heart, I don't believe that something as complex as sexuality can be put in a box and tied up in a bow. But it's what I tried to do to myself for so long and what I'm still trying to do to my relationship in a way. I 100% understand you because typically I am 100% a labels person. I am such an organizer. I love my agenda. I really plan things and I, I really love labels to help me organize in my life. So I feel like part of me figuring out my sexuality and my romantic and emotional feelings was a struggle, not only because that is a struggle in itself, but because I am that person who wants to label things, which is why I kind of pushed myself. I'm going to be gay. I'm going to go with gay and run with it. But that's something that we are, that we need to be more aware of is that there, we don't have to shove ourselves in these boxes. And I had said before that I kind of use the label bisexual or homoromantic as a way to sort of guide myself and help others understand me. But I know that for me, I don't fit into a label and I don't want to put myself into a label, but I do think that it is important for other people to understand me better to help them along. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So about the labels thing, I think that if I have learned anything from the past almost three months of being in a a new type of relationship with a non-binary person. And again, this is the person I've been with for almost five years. So it's, it's interesting to think of our relationship in chapters. And in this chapter, when we've both made sexuality and gender discoveries, my partner's rejection of labels and rejection of the binary has really been an important teaching tool. And I'm not going to say it's been easy for me because although my relationship has never been healthier, it's really hard for me to not have labels on things. When James first came out to me before they had come out to their family, basically all James said to me was, I'd like to be using they, them pronouns. And that's all I know right now. And wow, was that (laughs) hard for me to not have an answer. I'm always chasing answers and I'm always chasing labels. And I think that for the first month before James came out to their family, I thought about James's gender more than James did. I We would be sitting on the couch just watching a movie and I would ask them a question like, so like, have you known this since you were little? Or like, do you like the word non-binary or agender better? Or maybe you're this or that? And James was like, Mads, we're watching a movie. Like, I'm not thinking about this right now. <laughs> and uh, And not that they weren't willing to talk to me about it. They totally were. But I had many more ideas and concepts and questions about it than I think even they did. And I think that subconsciously, even though I like to think of myself as a person who rejects binaries and all things, I was looking for answers and and labels. And I think that if the past three months have taught me anything, that, that it's okay to not have them. I mean, I call James my partner now, as I've said multiple times throughout the, the podcast now. James still does call me their girlfriend because I'm, I'm a girl, you know, <laughs> um, but we've also sort of talked about the fact that the words boyfriend and girlfriend were sort of starting to feel silly for us because we do see a future together and, and things like that. Not to say we weren't boyfriend and girlfriend at the time because we definitely were, but I had sort of started using the word partner just as a way to signify to the world that like my relationship was more than just people going on dates. Like we're, we're, we are life partners in a way. And in terms of like relationships, I just say my relationship, my partner, you know, And that sort of, it's definitely been helpful for me to like try to not stress about labels as much like James doesn't. I definitely feel like the whole shift in calling your partner 
not to be binary, but the boyfriend and girlfriend, I feel like calling your partner partner is, in my opinion, at least it kind of feels like it does feel sort of next level or like there's a sense of like um, maturity there, especially since you guys have been together for five years. That is a lot of stuff that you guys have gone, you guys, you guys have gone through so much together. And now you guys made these huge self-discoveries, which is awesome. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with quitting that label and then adding using partner. And I, so many people in the LGBTQ community use partner and it kind of normalizes it more. As you were saying, you guys kind of, you have that, that street passing look, I guess, to people on the street. And if anything, it normalizes the language so much. And that kind of reminded me of this tweet that said, straight girls be like my partner whole time. It's their boyfriend, Matt. And this has 210,000 likes. And obviously we can see the, I don't even know if it's biphobia. It's, it's something phobia. And I don't know what it is, but it's pretty phobic. It's some, it's some phobia. And I remember reading that and I was like, what? And this is exactly what Madison was talking about. You know, people who see straight looking couples make these assumptions. And I don't know. What, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, I saw that tweet and I had a lot of feelings about it. <laughs> Going to try to articulate my my feelings as politely as I can on this subject because that tweet made me really angry when I saw it, especially because the tweet was from like mid-February. So again, that was like three weeks into this new phase of my relationship. So I was feeling very, and this was also like immediately after James had come out to their family and their family is, is pretty accepting, but there's still a couple roadblocks in people's minds about it. You know, I had talked to my family about it and I think I was, we were at a phase, I mean, this was only a month ago, but I was at a phase where I was feeling very defensive of my partner and very protective. I think protective is a better word. And I was also trying to navigate the change myself and a little bit emotional about it myself because changes, changes can be hard even when they're good. And I think that that's something that I really had to weather in terms of this. It felt a little bit like grief, not because I wasn't proud of my partner and the person that they are becoming, but because any change that causes a seismic shift can be really difficult, even if it's a, a change that in the long run is for the better. I mean, that is 100%. I, if I were you, I would feel the same exact way, especially after being together for so many years. Obviously, you're so proud of who they are now and who they are becoming, and that's amazing. But there's still, I think there still is a part of you that can and should allow yourself to not exactly, I don't want to say mourn to be like very morbid, but you know that they're becoming a better version of themselves. And the past years that you have spent together, things are going to change, but that's you're you're going through the changes together and like you said good changes which is awesome but that still doesn't change the fact that it is a change that's what I'm trying to say that doesn't change the fact that it is still a huge change absolutely and I just sort of had to allow myself to feel like I had to not put up any roadblocks of my feelings like I had to let the feelings be feelings in order to sort of come out the other side of again like the first part of the transition in terms of that tweet I quoted it with something rather salty on my Twitter and I can't remember what I said exactly but I was like you can't see gender you can't see sexuality and even if that person is just calling their boyfriend Matt partner good for them because they're rejecting binaries and gender and they're normalizing language so that when a queer person uses partner next week to that person that they used it to, that person doesn't get um, outed or hate crimed or anything like that. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with normalizing 
gender non-conforming language. And maybe that's the women-centered institution student in me speaking. <laughs> maybe I've, I've sort of forged a new community at Simmons where that sort of language is really common and really encouraged to ask for folks' pronouns and to call people folks instead of you guys and to, you know, not assume anyone's gender identity. And also to understand just that people, you can't see that stuff. And, and I understand that you can't see gender and sexuality. All the more reason to use non-binary language. And I don't mean non-binary like the gender identity. I mean, don't gender everything you say. Maybe that person's boyfriend, Matt, is undergoing a gender discovery. My partner, James, certainly was, and you wouldn't have been able to see it from the outside. I'm as sure as hell, I sure as hell know that because I didn't see it coming. And I know them better than anyone. So I, I was just so incensed <laughs> at that tweet because, again, I had recently come out as bi, and I know that that's not something you can see. I don't wear a <laughs> tattoo on my forehead that has the bi flag on it. Like, you wouldn't know that about me. And you also, my partner is six feet tall, very, like, muscly built, has short hair, and wears clothes from the men's section. So you wouldn't know by looking at James that they're non-binary, but that doesn't they don't owe anything to you. And I don't I don't owe disclosing my sexuality to random people on the street when we're walking down the street like, hey, I'm bi and they're non-binary. Like no one does that. So allow people to use language that normalizes a world without so many binaries. I don't know. It made me so mad. And I actually got a lot of likes on the tweet. So it made me feel good to know that the people in my circle know what I'm saying, you know? <laughs> I had thought about too, like the same thing, how you don't you don't quote unquote look bisexual or like there is no look to as we were saying in the last podcast as well there's no look to what a lesbian looks like so there was also this other element of like this kind of brings me to another topic here like it kind of brings this other element of like oh how are people gonna know how are they gonna know that I like women like how am I gonna ever get a girl if I don't look the stereotypical lesbian and I'm just curious, did that thought ever occur to you that I don't look gay? I don't look bisexual? Like, how how will people know? Or maybe that was just me freaking out when I was, like, in high school that I don't look like a lesbian, so I will never get a girl. No, I totally get that. I think a huge part of it for me was I was, like, again, I have OCD, so a lot of times I look for proof like to confirm things because I have a really hard time with like gray areas of life. I like things to be black and white, yes or no, binary, which is a, a just a part of my brain. Um, so jokes on me, right? But I think because I don't have short hair and I dress very feminine, I was like, I can't be gay. And how stupid is that? Like, why would I have ever thought that? Especially when I have tons of friends, lesbian and bisexual women in my life who don't look any certain way at all. They look a million different ways. So I don't know why I was using that as proof when like none of my friends that I know look stereotypically the way that they identify, which just goes to show that there's no, there shouldn't be any stereotypes because people look a million different ways. But again, my black and white OCD brain was looking for proof. So I was like, Mads, you can't be gay. You don't have short hair. And then I was like, wait, that is so stupid. Like, why would I have ever thought that about myself? In terms of identifying it within myself, like, I don't know. Um, I've always cuffed my jeans, which is a super bisexual stereotype that I see all over the uh, all over social media. And I don't know how that like became a thing. I don't know who decided that. But I always have like long before I ever knew that about myself. That's always something I've done, which is kind of funny. I don't know how any of those things become 
stereotypes or whatever like that they're so absurd i know they're like they literally come out of nowhere like last year there was that whole like cottage core lesbian tiktok stuff and it's just like where did that where did that even come from where's that coming from in the whole cuff jeans i've seen that as well like who came up with that stuff i don't know who came up with that and i always i always have cuffed my jeans because when i was when i was little i was wicked short so my pants wouldn't fit if i didn't cuff them and i guess i just always grew up doing it and like thought it looked cute and then it became like a huge stereotype on social media also one is that bisexual people can't drive like gay people can't drive in general and i do not drive i am 19 without a license so maybe that's one i should have seen that coming A lot of people say bisexual people can't sit in chairs, right? And again, I don't know where these come from, but like a person who can't sit still. So I I like sit in a chair at school, like crisscross applesauce and sit with my feet on the ground. So I guess I kind of fit that one. But again, that has nothing to do with sexuality, I don't think, unless unless it does. I have no idea. But there are so so many of those little absurd stereotypes like that that I kind of fit when I think about it. It's so weird because they seem so absurd and random. And then you see them like the cuff jeans thing. And I'm like, wait. I cuff my jeans like everything is like coming together in a puzzle in your head but it's literally just something that I got off of the internet again I'm really I really like fashion so I feel like if you're wearing jeans that aren't mom jeans they have to be cuffed because your shoes won't look cute (laughs) if you don't like I just like it better but it, it has become some of these stereotypes are so pervasive and like why Like, what does me not being able to sit in a chair have to do with my bisexuality? But the correlation, I'm not saying it's causation, but there's definitely a weird correlation and I have no idea how that happens. Okay, so Madison is for sure a fashionista. That's what I'm getting here. And if you need any fashion advice, also, if you have any, if you need any advice about being bisexual or your fashion or how to cuff your jeans, please go to Madison. Please, Abrielle's outfits are literally always killer. And I remember like our outfits are one of the first thing we talked about together as friends in our international relations class, second semester of our first year. I remember Abrielle always wore butterfly clips in her hair and I was obsessed. They looked so cute all the time. Stop, Madison. I literally have so many butterfly clips. You can, I can give you some for real. Please start wearing butterfly clips. I'm obsessed. So just to conclude and kind of wrap up our conversation here, I wanted to ask you, what would you say to that person who's in your shoes or who was in your shoes, who is grappling with coming out as bisexual, but not only coming out as bisexual, but coming out to their partner, their boyfriend, their girlfriend, whoever? I would say be brave. I am definitely a person who gets my the things that make me happiest in the world are when I'm confident and brave and um, just do my thing unapologetically as long as it's not hurting anyone. I really like to do my own thing and blaze my own path and I feel the best at the end of the day when I know that I have gone through the day being as brave as I possibly can be I and mean, when I try to live my life that way and I realized that the bravest thing I could do was be 100% myself and just stop hiding and that's what I that's exactly what I did I know I know it's much easier said than done But be brave as long as you're in a situation, a family and relationship paradigm where you feel safe to be you, then you should do it because it, I have felt the happiest. I mean, I'm still in quarantine and I'm still in remote school. So like, I wish I could go outside and like really live my true new unapologetic life. But I have been so happy since I came out to myself and I really didn't come out to very many people. I came out to my parents. My mom was like, awesome. My dad was like, I love you no matter, like, I love you unconditionally, like, my mom literally did not blink an eye. Like I was like, mom, I'm by. And she was like, cool. And then we like got Starbucks. Like she did not say anything. <laughs> K 
can we normalize coming out as like a not it doesn't have to be a huge a huge thing it can be like super casual like awesome I I love you it felt scary for me but my parents didn't make it scary at all and then I came out to the first person I came well the first person I came out to was James then I came out to my parents Actually, I think I came out to my little brother before I came out to my parents. And he was so surprised, um, but it was so cute. And then the first person I called after that was Ellie and told her that like I had known for a long time, but that I wanted to tell her. And she was like, I did not see that coming. I'm so happy for you. And then we immediately started talking about girls. And she was like, so what's your type? <laughs> oh my gosh. Can we just like say that girls are literally so pretty and boobs. girls are literally so beautiful. <laughs> boobs, as your partner said before, um, you guys can talk about boobs together. Like, <laughs> I love women so much. That's all I have to say. And then, like I said, I came out to a lot of my friends who also identify with the LGBT community and they were like, no way. Like we did not expect this, but we're so happy for you. And everyone in my life was super happy. I still haven't come out on social media besides my private snap story, just because I don't know. I've just been sort of doing this on my own timeline. It took me so long to come out to myself and to come out to the immediate people in my life that I'm like, I feel content right now. I don't feel like anyone else has to know, but I also wouldn't lie to anybody who asks, which I guess is why I'm doing this podcast. Like if someone asked my sexuality, pretty much anyone in the world, I would tell them I was bisexual, but I just don't feel the need to like scream it from the rooftops just yet. Not to say I'm not proud. I don't know. The people who know me best and the people who matter the most all know. So I'm happy for right now. And just in terms of people who are waiting to come out and haven't yet, it has made me so happy to be 100% myself and not have to hide anything anymore, especially not have to hide stuff from yourself. There's nothing weirder than keeping secrets from yourself. Um, And I just feel so much better. It's just been such a weight off my shoulders that I didn't even know was weighing on me keeping secrets from yourself. Wow. That really hit because I'm sure there are a lot of people who have been in that same situation. I was in that situation where I was really suppressing who I was and I was keeping, I was hiding a part of myself that really wanted to come out. It was like freaking knocking on the door. Like, let me the fuck out. And like Sophie and I were saying in the last podcast as well, there is no, there's no rush and there's no pressure to come out to every single person, tell the whole entire world, you can, you, you can be very content with the people in your life that you have told. And when it comes down to it, telling the most important people in your life is the most important thing. And I'm really glad that you are very content with where you're at now. And you were able to tell your friends and your family without any judgment and that they were all supportive of you. Obviously, it was friends like you at Simmons who helped me to feel good about myself, too, and and feel really ready to come out. I remember being super inspired by you whenever you would talk about your sexuality, both on this podcast and everything else that I knew just from being a close friend of yours. So I love you and you've shaped me into who I am today, 100 percent. Thank you so much. That means so much to me. Sometimes I feel like I overshare and I talk about my sexuality way too much and then people no you normalized it for me you 100% did I have one question for you before we conclude yeah who's your celebrity girl crush oh my gosh my celebrity girl crush was definitely Kalani uh Um, my best friend Eliana who was like the first bisexual person I ever knew that's hers too and Rihanna is hers I actually think Kalani was the one who made me like really question my sexuality too mine right now is Phoebe Bridgers do you know Phoebe Yes, oh I do. She's so the most pretty. beautiful woman on earth, I'm convinced. I, I, I like thinking back through my life, I have so many who like I should have known so much sooner. If anyone listening to this loves Phoebe Bridgers and is obsessed with her as I am, um, hit me up because she's my favorite thing to talk about right now. I'm obsessed with her. 
All right. Thank you so much, Madison. You heard her. If anyone loves Phoebe Bridgers and wants to reach out to Madison, um, you should definitely do that. Find her on Instagram. I'll tag her when I post this podcast. It was so fancy seeing you guys here today. Tune in for next time.